The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Dr. George King. And I'm... Oh, who's left? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm I'm not really Dr. George King. I'm Carrie Poppy. But may I say, whenever I hear Dr. King, I, <laughs> right. I'm like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Right, when you hear Dr. King, you're thinking about that Dr. Right. King. Right, you're thinking of someone a little more revered in history. <laughs> you're right, <laughs> but not a little more revered in the Ethereum Society. Well, yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> Who is Dr. George King? So we investigated the Ethereum Society, mm -hmm. and Dr. George King is the man who founded the group. Uh, he was yep. born in 1919 and lived in jolly old England. He was working some kind of, you know, regular old day job, but he was also spending eight to ten hours a day practicing... Yogic meditation? Yeah. Eventually, he would go into trances where he'd spend like 30 plus hours. So he's in his kitchen yep. and doing his kitchen thing, and all of a sudden, what happens? Wham! He gets a message from on high. Yeah, and it comes out through his own mouth. And right. he hears it loudly, a physical voice. Well, it's coming from his mouth, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Saying, prepare yourself. You are to become the voice of interplanetary parliament. Can you imagine if that happens to you? What would you yeah, do? Yeah, you're like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. All of a sudden, your mouth is taken <laughs> over by a voice that loudly shouts out, you are to be the voice of interplanetary parliament. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it happened to him. It happens. And so this was... He's like the voice crying in the wilderness, but it's crying at itself. <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. It's like and if a tree falls in the forest, and the then wilderness, will you become the interplanetary overlord? And the wilderness is a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he gets this command all of a sudden, and that's what they refer to it as, the command. Mm -hmm. And so now he's got this imperative that he is to be this voice of interplanetary uh, government, you know, mm -hmm. you think parliament. And so uh, he begins channeling these ascended masters from and, other planets. And for someone who doesn't know what channeling is, it means just what it sounds like. Like someone in the universe, some spirit uses you as their mouthpiece, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard of channeling before, you're going to learn a lot of new things in this episode. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that not only is there life on other planets, but that life happens to be on other planets in our own solar system. Mm -hmm. And this was in uh, 1954. It's uh, always described as... A Saturday in early May, 1954. Aww, isn't like, that pleasant? Like, you know. <gasps> this is a Friday in early May. Right now. It's true. Wow, man. It's very true. Uh, <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I guess it narrows it down to a few days that could have been. But yeah. he, uh, he gets this, and so he continues to do his meditation and uh, chanting. Whoa, you know what? When it's Dr. George King, it's a meditation. Whoa. Whoa. If he uses it to heal any ills, it's a medication. Oh. Oh, if he has a, a good time but doesn't go anywhere, it's a metastation. <laughs> <laughs> and right now I'm drinking a metal libation. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for so, our show. Okay, so, go on. He, 
realize that these avatars of religious experience on earth, these major figures like Jesus and Buddha and uh-huh. Krishna, were all men. That and <laughs> ascended <laughs> masters from these other planets. So right. they're actually aliens. You may ask, you know, that for 1950s, that was reasonable. You know, like the day the earth stood still was 1951, you know, to think that there might be men. What? The day the earth stood still, the classic film where the aliens come to visit. And oh, never heard of it. Whoa. I'm just saying like the view of science fiction at the time was compatible with men I'm nodding. living in the canals in Mars or something sure, like that. Okay. So I, I can see him coming up with that at the time. And it's it's funny how they kind of address this. You might ask, Carrie, like why then did the Voyager spacecraft not see right. civilizations on other right. planets? We've, we figured out what's on all the planets. We, we've got a, we've got Google Maps We've got now. a pretty good idea, you yeah. know, and the, like, the lack of solid surfaces on a lot of the planets mm-hmm. and conditions that are very unfavorable to life. But these ascended masters, well, they're ascended, and their vibrational patterns, their vibrational frequencies are at higher levels, and so we can't see them. Oh, okay. So um, could they be in this room? Unless they want to be seen. Oh, yeah, they absolutely could. Oh, wow. And then they're just at a different vibrational frequency. frequency. Now, notice I use the word vibrational, so you, you, know, you shouldn't really question it. I guess I see where you're coming from. All right. So anyways, he was able to receive these messages. And because he had devoted his life to this practice, he was a particularly valuable conduit. I buy it. All right. Let's go. Hey, yeah, let's go to a meeting. All right. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Conveniently, one of their major headquarters, at least for the U.S., is here. It's not just one of, it is the headquarters of the U.S. Uh, Happens to be here in... Like two miles from my home office. Los Angeles. Yeah. So kind kind of perfect. So you were the first one to go. Yes, it was. I know I found out about it through an organization called Atlas Obscura. Right. Which is a company here in L.A. I think they might be in other cities, too, where they do kind of touring off the beaten path things in your city sure and they had a trip to the theory society where you could go and you could hear a whole overview of what they believe mm-hmm. and that sounded cool they were on our list already we'd heard of the Ethereum society but i couldn't tell you what they were all about right and then i looked it up and i was like holy crap this sounds amazing yeah so i went and peter who we'd come to be friends uh-huh. with he's a bishop i believe in their yes hierarchy and he's the main guy there at our center. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a lovely Englishman. Yeah, later on we learned that he became an Ethereus member while he was in England and mm-hmm. kind of coming of age. And then he moved over to the United States to meet the master and then was right. asked to come and, and work for them. Very handsome man in probably his 50s. And he's been here for 26 years, something like that. Yeah, so he gave the talk, and he's such a smart guy, and he's such a likable guy. It, it felt like someone who would give a TED talk, but instead right. he was like, and the aliens landed, and they said this. And of course, the British accent is making him sound all the more respectable and right. intelligent. And yeah. it was very matter-of-factly, even knowing that it was a, an audience that wasn't already you know, within the fold. Mm-hmm. You know, to his credit, he really embraced that. He was like, oh, Atlas Obscura, so you see all the, all the unusual things wonderful well we love unusual things here oh that's yeah it. that was a pretty good impersonation too i can see him saying uh, that. <laughs> yeah I, and i really immediately liked him and he gave a a very nice talk although it was a lot of new information some of which sounded unusual contrary to what i would have thought was the case <laughs> sure that's a very gentle way of saying it yeah but 
I learned things like we earth dwellers, all mm-hmm. of our spirits used to live on a different planet. Meldek, Mezdek, Meldez, Mechdu, Murdoch, Melchizian. Keep going. M- You're having fun. Mandible. Mickey Marshapan. I think you were right the first time. Maldek. Oh, okay. Maldek. So we all used to live on Maldek, but then we uh, defeated each other in battle. Everybody pretty much died out. So thoroughly that you destroyed the planet. Right. By you, I mean your ancestors. Right. On Maldek. And 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 so all that's left is the asteroid belt. So instead of being a planet that never formed, the asteroid belt is our destroyed former home. Ah. I didn't know that. Between okay. Mars and Jupiter. Yeah. Okay. So we ditched and what happened? We ditched and then all of the planets had to vote because they believe that the planet, they mm-hmm. believe all the planets do have consciousness. Right. They're living beings as well. Right. So all the planets had to get together and they were like, who can take all these people? Oh, we're full here. We're full here. And some of the planets were being selfish, but Earth, she's beautiful and lovely. And she said, I have room. They can come to me. And that's how we got here. And so they, Yeah. And so they really believe in taking care of the Earth, partly because we have to thank her for this sacrifice she made to take care of us. Thank you, Earth. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. That cheers nice. to that. The other planets are like, Sate's Tyken. Right. <laughs> and then after that, they took us into a side room where we had hot drinks. Hot drinks. Okay. They already win. So it was lovely, and then I was like, oh, and then I brought you back a bunch of materials, and I was like, Ross, we got to Oh, yeah. I said, oh, this, this sounds one. fantastic. Yeah. So let's go. And we looked on their website. We found the next meeting that we could both attend, and it was going to be a meeting with the 12 blessings. The cosmic concept as given by the Master Jesus. As we were coming in, there was this woman who was leading the proceedings, and she was speaking, and this grand voice mm-hmm. that was haunting. She had to sink down to the Mother Earth, the wondrous goddess, which gives us life, a home in space, sustains us. And from her great and most generous heart, she offers us her violet flame. Let us ask for this. You know, it sounded to me like uh, Madame Leota in The Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. She was using those kind of like Uh soaring voices and it was also creepy. But that turned out to just be a thing that everyone there does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We quickly learned like everybody talks like this when Mm -hmm. sharing lessons from the Ascended Masters. We should talk a little bit about this place itself. It's on like kind of a little residential street. It's off like one of the main streets in Hollywood. It feels like like a house or something, like you're entering someone's private residence. But it also it's like painted kind of a Pepto-Bismol pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll put pictures up. Yeah, with like accents of bright green. I'm feeling that there's some story behind the bright green. We got to ask about this. But a- as we get in there, then all of a sudden, now you're not in a house. There's this hallway that kind of extends back and there's little displays of different things you can buy and different religiously significant items and a little offering area. So anyways, we were ushered into this sanctuary to the right. Yeah, which is great. It's so like I don't know, a set of a movie or something. It's yeah. completely purple. There's all this velvet everywhere. It's, it's got like golden archways and little, what do you call them, shrines to George King and to the Ascended Masters. Yeah, and normally you'd expect to see kind of subdued colors and there's hot pink mixed in with all this. So we come in and this woman's wearing a bright green robe 
which is just really interesting. Like, I wasn't expecting it. They have green ones and they have orange ones and purple ones, I think. Oh, I don't remember seeing any orange ones. I definitely remember the oh, orange. Interesting. Uh-huh. Those are all secondary colors. Purple, Whoa. green. What does that mean? Probably nothing. So uh, anyway, so they transitioned into the 12 blessings themselves, right. which are a continuation of Jesus's like Sermon on the Mount, the mm-hmm. Matthew 5 sermon that he gives where yeah. you know, he's giving a blessed are the peacemakers and all that well, we stuff. Right, called the Beatitudes. Right, yes. And so Master Jesus who mm-hmm. is regularly referred to. I think he's kind of the most active of you know the ascended masters that they mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he shared these new 12 blessings, mm-hmm. which now we were ready for. And they use that like really breathy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like overly emphatic pronunciation for every phrase. So they'll start out with, and everyone will do it in unison, which mm-hmm. sounds just very kind of creepy cult-like. But you know, the first one would be, Blessed are they who work for peace. Blessed are the wise ones. For the fulfillment of our prayer. For this shall come to pass upon this earth. Blessed is the Mother Earth. Blessed is she who in sacrifice has made a space refuge for you all. Blessed is she. And then like they'll they'll read this other part and and wait, uh, you're making this sound way shorter than it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Each blessing is like three minutes. Right. So then you'll get like a paragraph that everybody can kind of read together. And mm-hmm. we had it like printed out on a sheet. It looks like a menu. But man, this is a religion for people who can memorize shit. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> people would just be quoting along, their eyes closed, and they know like paragraphs, yep. pages worth yep. of this stuff. Uh, and yeah, sometimes there would be like this really long, like two minutes worth of additional talking for one of the pieces. And then another one would have like two lines. And then, oh, we're back into the right. next blessing. Yeah. So they're, they're blessing the planetary ones and the Thanksgivers. Mother Earth, the Mighty Sun, the Lords of Karma, the Great Being Known as the Galaxy. Oh, I guess the Galaxy is a being as well. Oh, yeah, everything's got consciousness. The Supreme Lords of Creation and the Absolute. And then the planetary ones, they say, blessed are the planetary ones because they sacrifice themselves. And I asked Peter what Mm. that meant. And he said, right. He said it was because the planetary ones have sacrificed their eternal comfort by coming to Earth to sort of make sure things are okay here. Right. Which, okay. But temporarily. It's weird to say you're sacrificing yourself. When you just mean, oh, you're going to go do something kind of uncomfortable. Right. And I think I think they're tying it into the language of Jesus's sacrifice. So yeah. So that first service was mostly us going through those blessings. But they also had one of the mantras at that point, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think they do the mantras in between the blessings, right? I it's mean, some... not, not in between each one, but like during that service, I think it's before yeah. and after the blessings. And so they'll get into this kind of repetitious phrase that they'll say over and over. Right. And then we'll all put our hands up, both palms facing forward and outward. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common pose. Kind of like you're telling someone to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stop. 
in the name, name of, of love. love. That's right. yeah, that's where I was going with that. Uh-huh. It, or like someone has just come behind you and said, "Give me all your money." Sure. And put you like put up. your hands up, right. right? And then having to hold that for like 15 minutes at a time sometimes. And listen, I've got arthritis in my bad elbow. Like, I was impressed. Like, these people can hold a pose. Yeah, they really can. I was like, but this is fatiguing. The older, some of the older people will do something that they suggested to me that I could do, which is you just put your hands on your lap, palms upward. Ah. And then the energy still flows through you, though, not as strongly. Okay. Oh, well, that would have been nice to know. Well, I, I kept my hands up, but boy, I, I was did getting mostly tired. too. And so then there's a number of uh, phrases they use, but I think one of the first ones was the. Oh, many Padme whom. Oh, many Padme whom. Oh, many Padme whom. And imagine that for like another, yeah, 20 minutes. Right. And so this is the first time you had heard that, but I had heard it before because I had gone to a prayer meeting Mm -hmm. where they chanted that for a good hour and everyone was standing. And I actually went into like sort what felt like a trance. (laughs) (laughs) While I was listening to it, I went into what felt like a trance. Like my whole body felt like dislodged and I was kind of circling back and forth. Oh my goodness. And I didn't feel quite in my body. Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely having some sort of physiological response to the repetition and the the air in the room growing less and less oxygenated. Yeah. Um, Were they mixing up the speed that time at all? I don't remember. Because we found this later where uh, in another ceremony, yeah, they would go faster. And I was feeling lightheaded with that one. Because, yeah, you're breathing in just enough to, you know, say the phrase again. Right. And it it was confusing because for a lot of these things, they'll kind of suggest, oh, well, if you haven't, you know, done the right amount of study, you really shouldn't join in on this. Right. And they told me that at the prayer meeting, too. They told me to just put my hands in my lap and let the energy flow through me, but don't try to participate. Right. And then the first meeting, I'd come in not knowing that, and so I was going along with the... You're like, oh, man, it put me, oh, oh, man, it put me. Yeah, it's like, I can say that, sure. But then I was like, wait, am I allowed to do this? Have I not been initiated into the sacred rite? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then later on, I'm finding out I'm not supposed to go along with the Om Mani Padme Hum, because I'm not prepared yet. You hadn't been given your transition. It's very awkward, and everyone else is doing it. You just want to join in. Right. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. And it's not explained to you why you can't exactly, like, did I... Do I have to receive something or what needs to happen? And am I actually screwing things up if I participate or does it just mean nothing? Yeah, is it negative energy? Right. And then like most people is seem it like to- communion where like if you take that and you don't mean it, it's like sacrilege. Yeah. Uh, and and so everyone seems fairly easygoing about it. But at the same time, they'll make those little statements every now and then. And they, I don't know what to do. Right. And after that ceremony, we went out and we were looking at the various objects they had for sale. And they were talking about like various tapes where you could hear Dr. George King right. teaching these various mantras and blessings and stuff that you could learn and then join in on. And they were pretty expensive too, like 70, 80, 90 bucks, I think, for these and so I was like, aha, okay, so there's this financial investment, but then you're allowed to join in on these various things. Right. There are some groups where you have to pay thousands of dollars to get anywhere. Sure. It didn't seem like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but it did seem like a little bit of a paywall, just okay. to kind of once you're interested, if you really want to get to that next level, all right, this is our chance to get some, you know, some, mm. some change to. Yeah, okay help uh, fund this thing so yeah that meeting that was pretty much it It was the 12 blessings and then the mantras i think we were 
ready to skedaddle after that one. Yeah, the 12 blessings meetings are really just that. You get the 12 blessings, you sort of meditate on them, and then you leave. There's no yeah. teaching attached. Except the next time then that we went to the Aetherius Society was because they were going to have a talk about the cosmic Jesus. Right. We thought they were. Yeah. Well, I was all excited about this. I was telling... Because it was Jesus's real birthday, March 15th. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, you know, we've always heard uh, it's not actually, you know, December 25th, right. but you know, we don't know when. But the Ethereum Society would like you to know that it is March 15th. So, yeah, I was I was telling friends like, tonight I'm going to go listen to a talk about the cosmic Jesus. <laughs> and I was really excited. So we show up there and it's a different uh, British man who's come up to give the talk. And it's in the same oh, sanctuary. Yeah, I forgot that it was, but that's right. Very intelligent guy. You think he'd be, you know, teaching some class at Oxford or mm-hmm. something like Let's that. Let's call him Rafe after Rafe finds. Sure. Okay. All right. So Rafe. Yes. Gets up and says, "Well, I've understood due to a uh, kind of uh, change in communications here that it's been advertised as the Cosmic Jesus, and that's a bit above my pay grade." <laughs> Chuckle, but chuckle, I hope chuckle. you all didn't come here to hear that. And we both look at each other like, <laughs> That's exactly oh, what we came here we came for. for. What have you got now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he said, instead, I'm going to talk about uh, Jesus's mission today. Oh. Right? Uh, all right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so uh, he began to talk. He gave some interesting kind of insight into their view of the church. And mm-hmm. they feel that the traditional church, Catholic church, have corrupted Jesus's actual teachings. Right. That he didn't come saying this whole thing about him being God and, and you having to just worship him and accept him. It was about trying to be like him. Yes. Right. And that we were supposed to try to attain what he had because we could be like him. Mm-hmm. And then it had been corrupted into this thing where the church could control the message and gain power from it. A lot sort of like Gnosticism message. And my question for that always is, Jesus goes to this trouble to come and Mm -hmm. share this really important message. Why would he allow for 2,000 years it to be totally corrupted? Well, because in their view, he's not omnipotent. Without some kind of clarification. Okay, I guess that's what you have to buy into, is that Mm -hmm. he's not all-knowing or all-powerful or something. Right. Which, yeah, I guess guess is consistent. Well, that's believable to me. Sure. Sure. But, you know, failed mission in that sense. It was funny because they're critiquing the Catholic Church while at the same time he was saying that we really need works. It's not just about you know receiving salvation. And he was kind of making fun of that whole concept, mm-hmm. but saying it's really about... Uh, service. Yeah, service. Mm-hmm. Because, as their motto states... Service is the one who bleeds into the ground wherewith a tree is given to Christmas morn. <laughs> <laughs> that makes just as much sense. Their motto is... Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. We're just going to keep saying it until it makes sense. (laughs) Service is the... Oh, we'd be saying that for a long time. All right, I'm trying to pick this apart here. Yeah, so, okay, so attainment is the rock. They're very proud of this phrase. It's written in different places around the sanctuary and in the foyer. So the rock, you would presume, is the the shit that's everywhere that you just have to dig through. Right, yeah, the ore. So attainment is everywhere. Yeah, right, and attainment is like... 
having achieved something. So, so right. you're saying that the rock is attainment, having achieved achieved what? But achieved right. something, and that's just everywhere. You don't have to work to achieve anything. But then, like the but diamond then, in the rough, there's this jewel. You hack through your attainment to get to service, <laughs> and it's service, which yeah. is that's like an action. It's not a. It would thing. almost make sense if it were reversed, right? If attainment were the jewel in the rock of service. Actually, yeah, that that's actually yeah. a lot better. So every time I see that phrase, it just makes me really uncomfortable and I kind of scratch my head looking at it. They are really service oriented. They do believe in community service. and Do they? Yeah. Well, they talk about a lot. Now I'm saying that out okay. loud and I'm like, what service well, stuff do they do? Well, he gave this very academic lecture on, uh-huh. on all these things and he was taking questions. Mm-hmm. And so that was my question, which was, oh, well, what form does what the do service do? take? Right, right. So, all right. Good so, question. What do I do? If works are important, if service is the jewel and the rock of attainment, (laughs) (laughs) then, you know, is it just in our everyday lives? I think was how I Uh asked the question. Or, you know, should we be going out specifically to do community service? Uh And that's what I was hoping to get at. His answer was, in all things. Sure. You know, it was a very elaborate version of that, but that's what it boiled down to. And so it's like, Uh that's not an answer. Uh And so as much as they talk about helping the world and service, I've never heard them talk about like a soup kitchen or... Sure, but... But... They do Operation Prayer Power and Operation Sunbeam, which are the greatest human achievements in service that this (laughs) world has ever seen, let me explain. Yes. Operation Prayer Power is a simple procedure Mm -hmm. here's what you do you get a group of your ethereum friends in a room right check you sit around and you pray together you do your mantras your own mani padme ohms a few others right you chant them together you hold your hands up you push energy through your hands and into a battery that's standing in the middle of the room whoa 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 hang on follow me i know it sounds crazy but we're getting somewhere battery the battery is about the size of your head or maybe a shoebox. It's about that big. It stands on a tripod. Tri- yes, yeah, stands on a tripod in the center of the room. You all pray at it, okay? You do it for maybe two hours. Um, we're, we're loading prayer energy into the battery. Right. Okay. Okay, everybody's doing that. You do it for, I don't know, two hours at a time. You do it at least once a week. Then every five or six months, you go to Operation Sunbeam, which is where you take that witch saint battery, and you take it up on a holy mountain. And then you put the battery there, and you push the energy out of the battery and into the earth. And this is what has single-handedly kept the biosphere intact as humanity has tried to destroy it. Yes. So if you want to say that the Ethereans are not service-oriented, then there's the door, mister. Yes. By all means. Clapping for myself. <laughs> well, yes, that, that is one thing they say, that they have saved the planet. Mm-hmm. That, uh, in fact, he said that during the lecture, the world would have been destroyed, but it is here because of the success. Of Operation Prayer Power and Operation Sunbeam. Right. And you wonder, where did these names come from, Operation Prayer Power and Operation Sunbeam? Operation Sunbeam came from refrigerators. <laughs> and, and, and uh, like, irons, right? Right. They make, like, clothing irons. <laughs> You're making the universal sign symbol for, <laughs> for ironing. For ironing your clothes. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> that right now. Um, and then also Operation Starlight. So all of these are uh, these really important service operations for humanity that Sir George King has 
kind of released at various stages in the history. Sir George King, so who was knighted as well? Oh, that's right. Yes, he he goes as Sir George King. I'm not sure who knighted him, but I I'm think g- it was probably not someone from this planet. <laughs> I'm guessing but... it was himself. Whoa! What are you saying? <laughs> that he really enjoys honorifics. Uh. He doesn't. He's a humble man. Oh, right, right. But yes, yes, if you mean that the other beings in this universe honor him, then you're right. Man, it is hard to treat this in a linear fashion. I want to talk more about that, but I got to save it. All right. But but you also mentioned the Holy Mountains. We've got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So there's these important locations on the planet where you can insert this prayer energy to keep the planet intact Mm -hmm. so it doesn't blow up like another Maldec. Mm -hmm. And... And how many of these holy mountains are there, Carrie? Six? No, 19. 19? 19. <laughs> 19. One of their symbols that, that you see like in the sanctuary is a cross that has precious stones. And I guess they're stones that are from these various mountains mm. from a, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're set in there. So there's one in the center and then they're, they're splayed out so that, you know, it adds up to 19 and i thought it reminded me so much of the tony alamo ministries yeah where they have the 12 jewels and the cross Mm -hmm. it's very similar but with an extra seven and you always notice the emblems i never do and you always have a good question about them i'm a big emblems guy yeah you're kind of an emblem addict Oh, nice. Nicely done. High five. (laughs) Oh, Ross, speaking of high fives, I learned today the origin of the high five. Want to guess what year it originated in? Oh, my goodness. High five. I'm I'm now picturing people in various period costumes high fiving each other. Civil War not happening. Um, What year? I'm going to say 1923. 1967. What? I I I don't. I, no, wait. That's not even right. It was 1970s. It was in the 70s. What? It was after. Look it up. It was after Groovy. I didn't understand it either. Okay, so in the 20s there was there was the low five, and it was part of the African American baseball world. So they would they would low five each other like as they went up to the plate or whatnot. Okay. But then it morphed into the high five in the 70s. <sighs> so that I immediately called my mother to ask her, do you remember high-fiving people before the 70s? She didn't answer her goddamn phone. So if anybody listening to this show was alive in the 60s, you tell us, you tell us if you high-fived because I don't know if I believe it. I am a gog. I know. Simply a gog. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Okay. Fascinating. Okay, anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Anyway, so there's these 19 holy mountains around the earth and uh, very important to them to make pilgrimages to those occasionally to deposit prayer power. And... <laughs> as soon as he said deposit, I just pictured someone pooping on the mountain. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> and... Where do we get to go tomorrow, Carrie? We get to go to Mount Baldy. Mount Baldy. Which sounds like we're going to a bald guy's head, but we're not. We're going to Mount Baldy. It's a mountain that's holy. Lee. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so we're excited. Um, All of this is leading up to a big hike tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. We've got to get up bright and early and meet uh, our friends at the Ethereum Society. At 8 a.m., Ross. 7.45. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got together at 7.45 a.m. We won't be back till 6 p.m. Yeah. So we're going to be hiking up a long ways in the heat. Yeah. Well, I checked the temperature in Mount Baldy, and tomorrow the high is 92. We're going to go out and hike in that hot, hot weather 
so you don't have to. Yeah, you're welcome. All the way to the tippy top. They have like two levels of There's attainment two levels on the and mountain. Here's what I'm thinking. There's going to be groups at both. So since you're going to the top, maybe I really should uh, stay at the other one so that there's one of us at each, you know, to get the full experience. <laughs> Carrie was messaging me today and she's asking, so which, which uh, one were you thinking of going to? I was like, the tippy top, of course. Uh-huh, all I right. Like, all right, free quill. We'll, we'll see how you do. We'll bring a lot of water. Oh, and Speaking of, uh, we were talking about the emblems and being the emblematic that yes, I am. You are. Very nice. I uh, was also wondering about their symbol. They have, the Ethereum Society has the symbol that looks like, you'll, you'll kind of recognize these sort of Sanskrit characters, but it looks like a three with a long curvy mm-hmm. tail followed by a cursive S uh, and floating above the S is like a little Cyclops smiley face. Mm-hmm. And then to the right of that is a triangle. Right. That is the official Ethereum symbol. Mm-hmm. And so we had to look this one up. And I guess the Sanskrit symbol, the three and the S, is the oldest term for God. Okay. That's, so that's known. Right. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's their explanation. Haven't fact checked that. And then the little pyramid next to it is a symbol for wisdom. And so it means God wisdom. Okay. Yep. I'll take that. I'd like some God wisdom, please. So we did go to another 12 blessing ceremony. But it was exactly the same. It was exactly the same uh, with all the the chants and everything and the the funny voices. And, you know, we just get jaded so quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we've we've heard this. But (laughs) afterward, we we were really there to stick around for the yogic meditation. Uh Uh-huh. And so uh, Carrie... So I brought yoga, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, Carrie. No, but it didn't say yogic meditation. It said like midnight yoga or something. Yeah. yoga. Yeah. And And I knew that yoga can mean a few things, but since they use the word yoga and since most people's understanding is the exercise, I brought my fucking yoga mat. Yeah, and you asked me like, oh, do you have a yoga mat? I was like, no, I don't. And and you said, I'll bring one for you. Very nice of you. But then at the (laughs) end of this two-hour ceremony we've already sat through of the 12 Blessings... Then we had like this 10 minute break before starting the yoga thing. And uh, Carrie said, Oh, should I get my yoga mats? So Felix kind of chuckled, No, uh, no, it's the deeper kind of yoga where right. we breathe. <laughs> where we breathe. Oh, okay. okay. So we got have 10 I... minutes. And he said, Well, have you guys learned the. Have the... you received the mantras? There we go. Have you received the mantras? Uh, no, don't believe so. He said, oh, well, okay. Oh, and he's like, you know, kind of looking around. All right, well, uh, we can arrange for that. Uh, can you come back in like three minutes? Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll so, come back in well, three minutes. We mill about outside for like a second, like twiddle our thumbs, and we walk right back in. Mm-hmm. And they've set up a CD for us to listen to in the sanctuary so we can hear Sir George King impart to us his mantra. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that you hear it from him. You have to get it straight from him because he right. got it straight from the aliens. Yeah, We haven't really talked about him visually that much, but they have like this picture of him looking at you throughout mm-hmm. the entire ceremony. And he's just this like really average looking guy. He has a very like army issue haircut, your standard $8 haircut. Right, totally. Uh, yeah, just, you know, tall white guy. Yep, long know. face though. Yes, nice long uh-huh. face. prominent nose. Yep. And yeah, and he just stares at you just so blankly. Just this guy could be your what's the word? Optometrist. This optometrist. Guy could be your boring optometrist. A or B. Right. B or A. a. And then you're like, I'm not sure. And he's like, Oh, I'll give you B. But yeah, it's just like this look that lacks any kind of passion or cognizance right. or anything. It's just yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh-huh. So which I'm sure he'd be very proud of. Right. And so we hear 
him over the speaker system. They they've obviously gotten these very clear recordings of him. It sounds like he's well, you know, in how, the next Ross? room. How? Oh, they have some of the most expensive sound equipment in the world. Oh, do Ross. they? Yes. Oh, yes. You know, you know, <laughs> Hollywood is always banging on their doors trying to buy their sound equipment because it's um, out of issue. You know, oh, that's and hilarious. they've been offered seventy five thousand dollars a piece for each of their recorders, but they refuse. They refuse. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't yeah. know any of that. And they have the greatest occult library in the world there in the world which i think the oto told us as well that their library was the greatest occult library they should duke it out yeah i think the oto would win (laughs) something tells me yeah they they said that they had the greatest and then when someone asked them to explain this was at my first meeting Uh he explained that he met dr king's recordings themselves oh those are just the greatest well l ron hubbard has quite a few published works down the street and they're preserved like for centuries but compare millennia Compared in linear to tapes that sound <laughs> like this. Sometime I've got to talk about my visit to the Scientology upstairs area, one of their vaults. Uh-huh. I, I snuck in. It's a long story, but it's awesome. Whoa. And like they have recordings of L. Ron Hubbard, and they've put them on nickel-plated records. Oh, right. Uh With the idea that they can survive a nuclear fallout in thousands of years, but then they have these little hand crank turntables that you can play it back on. Anyways, that's. They used to put those on, like, the SETI things, too, right? Yeah, like the The gold. SETI things. The gold plated record, yeah, with the. um, That's on Voyager for people to find traces of the. Yeah, anyways, uh, I digress. Well, I guess it means something that I thought the audio sounded really good. Yes. Oh, yes. Very maybe, good, Ross. Maybe they're onto something. Do you think that it was as good as our podcast? Go like on. audio quality? Yes, audio quality wise. I'm going to say yes. Wow. Because, you know, I'm receiving a signal right now from uh-huh. the Lords of the Universe, and they say our podcast is the greatest podcast. Oh, that, well, that could also in be the true. Universe. So we're listening to Sir George King. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to tell you about the uh, Om Mani Padme Hum mantra. And uh, there's lots of people out there who say Om Mani Padme whom, but I've for many years have been saying pad me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I just find it to be better. So, so we're gonna say om many pad me whom. All right, <laughs> that's, that was really like it, and then it stops, and we're like sort of waiting for whatever is the big show of this. Uh-huh. And he comes out, and he's like, That's it, you guys got it. Oh, like, yeah, we yeah, sure do. We got pretty it. much had it from we you guys it saying you it guys like 500 times. It. Okay, all right. <laughs> And then we then we start to leave, but it's only three minutes again until the thing begins. Uh huh. So um, we turn on our heels and come back. Right. We come in. We we set up a circle of chairs. We all stare at each other, and then the greatest event of our lives. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, there's all these uh, just regular chairs you'd find in a conference room, and usually they're in this square grid and. Never more than 30 people in the room. That's a really crowded day. Right. I've never seen any. But this was a pretty solid turnout for them. Yeah. So there were, I think, 24 people at the 12 okay. Blessings. And then, like, 13 people had stayed for the yoga portion. Uh-huh. Oh, and by the way, we're always the youngest people there. Always, right? Yeah. There there were some people maybe might have been in the ballpark. But for okay. the most part, I think you have a lot of people there who have all this memorized and they're older and I think they knew George King. Yes. So I think we are 
joining this group at a really interesting time. I think we're probably seeing it sort of twilight years. Right. Because I, I agree with you. I think most of the membership knew him, met him, was sort of sold by his personality. Felix is kind of a, a leader within the group. Oh, true. And Felix is under 40. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I, he's the exception that proves yeah. the rule, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. It and doesn't seem like they're doing much converting. As much as they would love for this to expand. Yeah. So we get into a circle and they're very insistent on having only the right number of chairs for the number of people. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so like... Felix was like, wait, is Mary coming? Wait, is Susan coming? Wait, is Lou coming? (laughs) Right. Okay, wait. Well, then there should be two more. Oh, are we sure Lou's coming? Oh, God. (laughs) What if we just put another chair in if Lou comes? No? Okay. The circle goes from 9 to 10 to 11 to 13. And then finally we're done and Lou's arrived and everything. They try to form as perfect a circle as they can. And we're all like almost knees touching, facing each other. (laughs) And everyone just has that sublime half smile on their face. They've closed their eyes for the most part, breathing deeply. Oh, and Felix had said, are you experienced with yoga breathing? And I was like, sure, deep breathing, sure. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah, just. You said you were. I didn't say I had no experience whatsoever. Oh, you did? But he was happy with your answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we were in. <laughs> right, because I said, like, oh, I know how to breathe through my diaphragm, which I'm sure you do, too. Uh, yeah, okay. sure. I was like, I'm good at following along with what everybody else is doing. <laughs> so everybody's breathing deeply into mm-hmm. their diaphragm. and uh, Yeah, and they had us take these big, deep breaths. And in fact, all the meetings seem to start out with the same kind of meditation starter kit if you will, you envision this white light coming down from the heavens and then descending and going into your head and through your body and down. And your crotch. And then coming back up. But then you also request from the Mother Earth, you request this purple light that radiates out from the center of the planet and feel it coming up through your feet and stopping Mm. right at the bottom, forming a a basis underneath you. And then you're supposed to imagine this golden orb above your head. And so it's always the white light, the purple light, and the the golden sphere. When they say that to me, like, I picture it. I'll, like, picture the color purple and the picture or the color gold or whatnot. But it's hard for me to actually embody that. Be like, oh. okay, this is going in my body. What does that feel like? I'm just sort of mm. going through the motions. Yeah, I'll get a very visual. Uh, I'll, I'll try to walk through and really see it. Uh, so we started out with that. And then, yeah, the deep breathing exercises, like kind of holding a breath for a long time and then finally letting it out. So then, you know, it's instant competition time. How long can you hold your breath? Right. These people are good. Mm-hmm. They're like Houdinis. Like mm-hmm. they can hold their breath for a long time. So I'm going, like, you know, and then finally they let it out. So I don't feel so bad. And so I let right. out the breath. Then <laughs> comes the very special breathing. Yes. So there's a couple different special breathing techniques they do. And one is that you rapidly breathe in and out five times and you do that 10 times. They should have really warned us. Everybody go to the bathroom, blow your nose. (laughs) Really? Before you do this. Right. Because you want your nasal passages to be cleared out. So first we all sit there and we breathe in and out five times. But on the fifth time you hold it. Mm -hmm. So you Yeah, and, and, but hold and that as long as you right, can. right. We right. won't do it because that's bad radio. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, you hold it for a really long as time as long as your lungs will allow. And and no mouth breathing, so it's all right. through the nose. I just did that for our listeners, but yeah, sure. Uh, very rapidly and very powerfully. Right. <laughs> yeah, and 
people, you're doing it now, Ross, but people are making their shoulders go up and down while they do it. They're like, their bodies are moving, pushing the air out. Yeah, and you have these people who are more experienced. You've seen them at all the other meetings. They know what they're doing. They're, some of them are even wearing robes at this point. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of robe wearing and funny hat wearing. So most people are starting out fairly calm with the noise of their intake out breathing. And so I would start out kind of subtly, but then it would get louder and louder. I was like, all right, I guess it's my turn. But everyone would be holding their breath for a really long time. So the circle would go totally silent. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, one person would start with the... Right. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then the, like another person would be this little cascade, this right. wave of, you know, the... And so then I'd join in on one of those. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, row, row, row your boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I'd hear Carrie doing it. So it's like, okay, I'll join in on that one. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you hold and you wait for someone because you don't want to be the one person. Yeah. And then like, what if it's over and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Which would be terrible. <laughs> and, and then, but then comes my favorite part, Ross. Okay. And they hadn't taught us this one, but where you take your your hand oh, and you right. form it in the A-OK symbol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you take the O of the OK and you put it in the crook of your nose <laughs> so that it cuts off one of your nasal passages. <laughs> and then you do the... <laughs> So, like, <laughs> snot is just flying out of people's noses and onto people. Like, so, like, you can see the snot. And that's when I started, like, just chuckling to myself. And I was like, don't look at Ross, don't look at Ross, don't look oh, at Ross. I really ha- just every fucking where. I, I was keeping my eyes closed. So, you were oh, looking I at this? Looking, oh, I was looking. Oh, my God. No, oh. there, was, there was snot, like, like you, I don't, I, I don't know how to emphasize this enough. Like, you could see it. Come out of Jesse's nose oh. and land on Audra's leg like it was just oh. clear as day. Well, just like- and it's just flying in every direction. And Ew. it's all just crossing and going back. And it's all just a parabola of snot. Oh, man. Well, just from the audio that I was getting, like I was hearing the nasal contents of every person in the room. And it was just really gross. Yeah. And like clearly some people are, you know, sick and stuffed up. And oh, my God, it was... <laughs> that, that was one moment where I was just, I, I could not let myself step outside and evaluate this and whole I thing. I did. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I started because giggling. I knew the second I started thinking about it, I'm going to lose my shit. Right. Because they're blowing snot <laughs> in the name of holiness. Pretty much. Yeah. So this went on for a long time, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That meeting, I remember we walked out of it and we both had headaches, remember? Yes. We walked out of it and I think we had been in that room for like three hours. And I had been looking forward to the yoga too, remember? I know. I was like, and oh, I'm going to stretch and then no, I was sitting and pushing snow. But Carrie, this was a, a deeper form of yoga. I was <sighs> relaxed in a different way. My soul was relaxed, Ross. So I went back one more time yes. for another meeting because it was a Saturday in early May of 2014. So that made this the 60th anniversary of the command, as they call Sir George King's first channeling reception in his kitchen. It was a meeting where they uh, commemorated that event and shared audio of him talking about it. But my favorite part of that meeting yes. was at the end where they they said, we're going to show a video. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what to expect. It's, it's like Christmas. <laughs> and it was Sir George King. He lived until 1997. 
And this was in 1990. So I remember thinking like, okay, I was like eight at the time living in Santa Cruz, had no idea any of this was going on sure. in LA. And and you could just see by like the video quality is like my fifth grade play kind of thing. Uh-huh. But what was amazing is that, you know, we're watching the screen in the sanctuary, this brightly colored sanctuary. And it's of the same sanctuary 24 years previously. And it looks exactly the same. Oh, they've kept it in shape. Everything, like all the colors and the, you know, the items on the altar, the the cross with the the 19 uh, stones in it and the other cross. And yeah, it was just all the same, except there was one picture that was hanging on the right. Now it's over on the left. Oh, wow. And in its place is that little altar to Sir George George King. King. So sometime after he died, I'm guessing they built that. But uh, he comes out and he's dressed in this white kind of military jacket. He's festooned with all of these medals Mm -hmm. that he's won, presumably. (laughs) And so he comes out and he makes like a little joke about him uh, being a Christmas tree, you know, with all these (laughs) ornaments. Yeah, that's cute. You know, a little ribbing up the self there. And so he starts talking about a few of them like, oh, these two here are only worn by two Englishmen and they belong to the Serbian secret police. Why do you have that? But, uh, <laughs> sure. I see some similarities between him and L. Ron Hubbard just uh-huh. because he loves having all these little things to kind of add to his resume. Uh-huh. So he's very proud of all these medals that he had covering him. It was just this kind of like introductory statement. But then he leaves for a bit and then he comes back. Oh, and he also has this beret on. He's wearing this beret, I think also from the Serbian police or something sure. like that. So he comes back. And now there's this little award ceremony, and they've got these galactic awards to present. And one of the things that's hilarious is he walked back to the microphone. He just kind of sat and he made funny faces for a bit, like... (laughs) You're making them for me like our listeners can hear your face? Yeah, I hear it. Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can describe this. Ross (laughs) is scrunching his face up and biting his lip. It's like a a chipmunk kind of rapidly rapidly shaking its head back and forth. So he does this at everybody. He doesn't know what to do to be funny. And so he's just making a weird face at them. And so everybody kind of like politely chuckles. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing in the world. And so then he proceeds to say, okay, well, we need to uh, recognize these prizes from the Ascended Masters. And so there's like a Saturn Peace Prize that's being awarded. And we're awarding the Venus Peace Prize and the Mars Sector 6. And who do these all go to? Well, like, that's what I was confused about. I was like, oh, wait, who's receiving them? Like, wait, what's going on? And Uh so there's six, like, these, like, major planetary awards (laughs) being given. I, I was just confused. All of this ended. Okay, we leave. We shuffle out. And afterwards, like we went over, there's these other buildings next to the main sanctuary building. Right. The the tea and coffee room. Right. And one was like it was Sir George King's residence here in L.A. Which you can't go in. Or one of them. Yeah. And then after that is the tea and coffee room. And it's got like a area where people congregate. So I went in there. Uh, afterwards, we were going to do this big toast for the uh, command. And I see that large plaque with like the calligraphic writing on it like oh i recognize it from the video how cool and so i walk up to it to look at it (laughs) and it says that all of these awards are awarded to sir george king (laughs) he gave them to himself it's like if i held a press conference and was like (laughs) can you possibly receive the most beautiful woman 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 So, you know, he's amazing. So it tells you a little bit about like those other medals he has all over him, like how he might have gotten those and the the title, sir. 
<laughs> he just really loves. Oh God! I wonder if, these little honorifics. Finds in real time on the air what he's a doctor of. Let's see what we can do here. So Ross is looking up what Doctor George King, not Doctor Martin Luther King, was a doctor of. My guess is that he really did get some sort of doctorate, but from a sort of paper mill institution. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Um, oh, that's a good question. I'll say. He's like a podiatrist or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's giving him a lot of credit, really. Oh, there's a lot of George King's. Ethereus Society. Here we go. There we go. All right. The Ethereus Society usually refers to King as Dr. George King. The society does not, however, document where King received his doctorate. Oh, uh, David Barrett, in a brief guide to secret religion, states King received his doctorate from the International Theological Seminary of California, a degree mill with no accreditation. Oh, oh. who the fuck won? Well done. That's well done. Right. Oh, in 1980, King was dubbed Sir George King by Robert Kimchiachvili. Doesn't sound like a queen, but okay. A man who claims to be a prince and the 74th Grand Master of the Sovereign Order of St. John of Jerusalem, Knights of Malta. What? (laughs) 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 Oh my god. I don't even think he's a king. (laughs) Oh, it goes on. Oh, you should all look this up. This is hilarious. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article oh, for, for George, George King, King Ethereus Society. Yeah, wow. look under look under George King's titles. Glorious. That is that is a great entry. Well, we should look at the sources for that, but that's pretty promising. <laughs> Genius. Good times. Well, we're going to pick it up with the Ethereum Society. We're going to go to a couple more things and bring you back up to speed in our part two. Yes. I think we've covered a lot. We should save our final writings for once we have ascended the mountain. Great. Sounds good to me. But wait, Carrie, before we hear about your favorite moment up to this point. Yes. I think it's time we heard a little bit about some of the other fantastic shows on the Maximum Fun Network. I would love to hear that, Ross. Let's play it. Hey, have you guys heard that Ladies and Lady podcast? Yeah, bro, we listen to my girlfriend all the time, and it's made a relationship so much better and healthy. But even though our relationship is healthy, I still totally want to date Barbara, Brandy, and Tess because they're so funny and smart and pretty. Oh, my God, oh, that's so nice. What? Oh, they're here. Whoa. That's right. I'm Barbara. I'm Brandy. And I'm Tess. And we're Lady to Lady. We're a podcast. It's the three of us. We have a fourth girl on every week. We solve lady problems. Just hang out. Talk about stuff. Sometimes we have characters. We get weird. You can listen to us every Wednesday. We got a new podcast out. Go to MaximumFun.org or iTunes. So it's Wednesday. I can download it right now. Oh my God, I better go. I can listen to it while I'm bench pressing my quads. Yeah, bro. Tight, bro. So, so Ross. Yeah, what What? what was Is you? Is it Ross? That's, that's me. Okay. Yes, I'm yeah. Ross. Hey. Over here. Oh, hey. My face, oh, is, hey. my face is up here. I'm sorry. Question. Yes. So far, what's your favorite moment? Oh, man. Um, I'm. Oh, well, it's really tempting to say when Sir George King awarded himself six planetary really good. peace prizes. But I'm going to say even on top of that was uh, when Peter approached me after that meeting. Uh-huh. And we're all sitting around. We're doing toasts. We did like, you know, six different toasts to various ascended masters. He came over to me and smiling and friendly, but also, you know, wanting to know what I was thinking about all this said, you know. So tell me, Ross. Uh, how do you think about the Ethereum Society so far? And just uh, finding an answer to say kind of vaguely like, 
which is really fascinating, uh-huh. you know, which which I can honestly say it is. Sure. But then he proceeded to tell me his whole life story, uh-huh. like getting involved in this. And, and I thought that was really sweet, but also made me feel a bit guilty that he was investing all this time and like telling me about his personal story, getting away from the church in England and finding his way here. But I like that personal connection. You seemed really... Peter's great. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we're not using his real name, by the way, but he's yeah. a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that moment with Peter. How about you? What would you uh, say is your favorite moment? A close second is everyone shooting snot at each other. Oh, <laughs> It's really good. So gross. Oh, wait. That might be third. Okay, I'm going to do them in ascending order. Okay. Third, snot everywhere. Mm-hmm. Second is when I realized what Operation Sunbeam was and saw a photo of it. I was like, wait, we pray into a battery and then push the battery power into the earth and stave off global warming? Okay, that was great. Um, Number one. But I think number one, I was without you. I was at the first prayer power meeting and everyone came in in their robes, mostly orange and purple, stood in lines and started chanting. And it was so like the movies. It was so a small religious group in right. the movies where now they're going to bring out a severed human foot. You know, <laughs> realizing that art has kind of got this right. Like the movies mm-hmm. actually sort of have interesting. these movements right. Yeah, yeah. Which is surprising. So I don't know. That was all just a really interesting interplay in that moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, I guess that's it for our show today. You could say that our producer is Ian Kramer. You could, if you want. You could say that our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton. That'd be true. Mm-hmm. You could also visit us on the web at MaximumFun.org. Yeah, and you could, oh, maybe you want to donate. Maybe you want to become a member of MaximumFun.org so that you can help keep this very same show alive by picking us as your favorite show. That would be fantastic. You would do that by clicking donate or going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And you can see our pictures on Facebook.com forward slash OnRack. And remember... Blessed are the thanksgivers, for they turn great tides of energy and direct these towards their objectives. Blessed are they who have expended enough energy themselves so that they may know of the existence of the David Kingdom, and knowing this, live in eternal thanks for its work. What's up? My name is Jasper Red, co-host of The Goose Down, along with the lovely Kimberly Clark, and we want to invite you into the comfort and groove of our podcast that encompasses the arts and entertainment. You can check us out at MaximumFun.org, also available on iTunes. See ya! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.